All right, welcome to the Rocky and Meisty Show. Glad to have you with us. Great week of football last week. In my opinion, best week of football last week. Seven. I was complaining about zone. last week. I, unbelievable. I was watching Red Zone last week, and I and, and and at the end of the one o'clock games, you had Bengals Browns, Steelers Titans, and Lions Falcons all simultaneously down to the wire. A minute left. Exciting games that were that ended in three point differences or in one point differences. So those were exciting games. So and and this week hopefully we'll have another line of exciting games. Intriguing headlines this week is Baker back. Kyler Murray in in the uh, in the in the MVP race. Patriots looking bad. So many things I want to get to. Ravens Steelers big rivalry coming up. We're of course going to get to our underrated fantasy players that you should pick up off the waiver wire. The betting lines. So much to get to. First, go ahead subscribe to us um, on your preferred platform. Follow us. Twitter, Instagram, and all that great stuff. Go on to RockyAndMeisty.com, the website. We've had tons of stuff there. We put out Week 7 and Week 8 Power Rankings. We just put out the Week 8 Power Rankings this morning. Um, it's a very nice layout. Everything's very good. We had the whole staff uh, contributing to that those Power Rankings, and we averaged out the the, the ranking amongst each team. And it's very nice, and we have had articles coming out every single day. So go ahead, check that out, check back frequently. And let's get started. So let's start with the first the thing I wanted to talk, and you wanted to talk about this, actually. You brought this up, and it's an interesting topic, and people have been asking me about this. Uh, the New England Patriots looked terrible, and they've been looking absolutely terrible. Uh, what, what's wrong with what's wrong in New England? The last two weeks, they, they got demolished to a pedestrian San Francisco 49ers team. And then two weeks ago, they lost to a subpar Denver Broncos team, 18-12. What, what's wrong with the Patriots, Meisty? In my opinion, I think that Cam Newton was a little overrated and um, most likely he just they, – they teams figured out how to stop him from running. He's a very powerful runner. And once they – you know, maybe they just – you just drop a quarterback spy or whatever it is they had to do. I'm not, I'm not a coach, but – they, they, they figured out Cam Newton just like they did in, when he was in Carolina. And now he's just the Carolina Panthers when he couldn't throw the ball at the end of his time in Carolina. He's just the same quarterback. And their defense is, I mean, they had a lot of players sit out. At the end of the day, they're going to have, you know, when the guys get injured or, or someone can't play, you're going to have a lot of weak spots all over the team. So you're squaring the blame right on Cam Newton. I mean, his supporting cast, or lack thereof, is nowhere to be seen. Outside of Julian Edelman, they really lack talented players on this team. And when you had Tom Brady, you were able to make up for the fact that you had the best quarterback of all time. But if you have a guy like Cam Newton who can't create his own talent, we've seen throughout his career, okay, if you put players around him, you put talent around him, he can be successful. But if you don't, he can't necessarily create his own offense. And that offense is not conducive to his success. So would you put more of the blame on the supporting cast or on Cam Newton himself? I mean, it plays on both. It plays on both. And, and it goes to Ken Newton because he's just not getting them the ball. He's not making the right plays. And then it goes to the, the rest of them. For I mean, like you said, Tom Brady and the Patriots have never had a supporting cast. They always had just kind of one guy who was the guy. And, and then everyone else just played a part. And, and obviously, it's not going to work for Cam Newton. It doesn't work for any quarterback, really. Tom Brady figured out how to do it. Certain quarterbacks know how to do it, but unless they get him a supporting cast, you have to you have to play with what you have. No question about it. 
And Cam Newton, the first three weeks of the season, looked promising. Number one, he was rushing the ball at a high rate. He rushed the he, he 15 rushes in the first week against the Dolphins and ran ran rough shot over them. And he looked good as a passer. But in the last since week three, he's his passing grade's been under 50 according to PFF, and they're two and four. So the record speaks for itself as well. And the defense has seen a regression. They started off as one of the top defenses in the league, but now they're ranked, ranked I think, about 18th in the league. So there's certainly we've seen a regression on all sides of the ball when it comes to Ken, when it comes to that defense. And what what do we see here, Mike? See what you pointed out. Is it Tom Brady or is it Bill Belichick? What's more important to a football team? At the end of the day, players play, coaches coach, and I know coaches are important. I don't per se know the value of a coach because I've never been in a locker room. I've never been on the inside insider view of things in an on an NFL team. But all I see are the players. I don't really know what Bill Belichick does. And what I saw over the last two decades was Tom Brady leading that team to victory over six years. And you, one would have to wonder, is Bill Belichick really that great? I'm going to go with the fact Tom Brady is having a great season. Bill Belichick is not. <laughs> like you said, players play, coaches coach. Um, you know, it, it, each, each guy has, has their part. And, and, and I'm not going to say, well, you know, Brady's the reason why the Patriots were always so good, or Belichick's always there's one. This argument to me is they both needed to be there. There was someone ra- drawing the plays for this guy to. It could have been uh, Adam Gase, and 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 Tom Brady would have been out of the league in two years, right? He would have been injured, and 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 Adam Gase would have ruined the team. The fact is, put give if you put Bill Belichick in the Jets team, are they better? Well, a little bit, a little bit. I mean, the players he'd be getting better. He'd be drafting better a little, at least. Maybe. I mean, maybe, right? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Is it? Okay. Maybe you could argue that Bill Belichick goes to a bad team. He can make them a serviceable team. That you can argue. but Well, first of all, that's because the free agent market will flock to him, just like the Bucs. Bucs two years ago were the laughing stock of the NFL. Tom Brady showed up and looked who came with him. Well, that, no, I'm talking about solely based off his knowledge of the game. We're not talking about his reputation. Let's just talk about him as a coach, how good of he is as a coach. So if he went to a different team, forget about the players he could acquire, forget about the flocks, which is true as well. I'm just talking about in general, he can, with his knowledge of the game, and he's a very intellectual guy, he can maybe bring you a couple more wins, make you a serviceable team. But I, I, the, on, the other, on the flip side of things, you're saying that if Tom Brady was on a different team, he wouldn't have played as well. Maybe he wouldn't have played as well. I still think he would have been a first-battle Hall of Famer. Look at, I mean, the guy's mechanics are unbelievable. The guy it was always had the ability to throw the ball down the field since the beginning of his career, and he literally, it literally, literally got better. The first four years of his career, he won three Super Bowls, okay? Or he won three out of four, right? The first three, four years that he I started. Think those, I think those first years were the most important for him to have Belichick. It was the most important, correct. That's what my point is. My point is that wasn't even the peak of his career, and he won three. And then about right. eight years into his career, about in 2007, which was really right, seven, eight years into his career, then he started showing off. Okay, I have an arm. I can hit Randy Moss on the 50 yards down the field. And then, and then what happened? He started to show the league. I'm going to go in again. I'm going to do it again and do it again. And he won three, three more Super Bowls. People thought that he fell off the map because he didn't win a Super Bowl for a decade. But he proved everyone wrong. And he sort of had this stride after he turned 30 years old where his arm strength got better, which made no sense. He started to prove to people that I can throw the ball down the field accurately. And I can sit in the pocket and take a hit. 
and I can throw the ball accurately. And Tom Brady has all the mechanics of a successful NFL quarterback. Even without Bill Belichick, I would argue that he would probably still be. It's, it's impossible to know. But I think there's more proof to say that Tom Brady would be more successful without Belichick than vice versa. Yeah, I mean, listen, well, you know, there's no way really to know. We'll never know. That's for sure. And I will say this. At the end of the day, Tom Brady, and when it, and it comes down to the last couple minutes of the game, it's all coaching. It's who coach who better. You know, when it's a close game, it's what coach, who, which coach. And, and at the end of the day, Bill Belichick always wins. So he's he's the, he's the best coach, you know, in, ever. And Brady's, you know, the best player. So you put the two of them together and you had, you had this winning machine of theirs that never lost. Or I, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think Belichick is the best coach. I just, the question is what's more valued. Is it coaching or, or the players, but I, important coaching in general is not as important as people might think. You hear what I'm saying? I understand. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's move on to the next. You had another topic. You said you had four. The next headline we had. Yeah, we have a few things here. Let's talk about. I want to talk about Baker Mayfield for a second because great performance last week against Bengals. He started off zero five with an interception against a, a weak Cincinnati Bengals team. Then came back and put on his by far his best performance of the season. I've been critical of Baker through the first five weeks of the season, saying he's playing a game manager role. He's been riding this running game, and that paid dividends in the two games against the Ravens and the Steelers, where he laid an egg. And they and the Browns as a team laid an egg because that running game is not enough to put you over great teams like the Ravens and Steelers, especially against top-notch defenses of their caliber. But here against a bottom a bottom defense, he was able to be successful. Does this say anything about Baker? Does this mean that he's going to flip it around? Maybe maybe Baker won't have as much of a slump as we thought he would this year. Maybe he'll maybe this is him snapping out of his funk, or maybe this is just him playing against Cincinnati. What are your thoughts on that? And unfortunately, the a, the OBJ injury, I think, was the best thing that happened to him. I agree with you. And a lot of people are floating that around, that OBJ, that now he can play his game, he can be more, yeah, listen, maybe. Right, here's the stat. Here's the stat from just week seven. I don't know anything more than that. The bottom line is the first pass of the game, it was to OBJ, and it was picked off. Okay, once OBJ went out, he then went on to complete 22 of 27 passes for 297, five touchdowns, and one interception against the Bengals. So did he just wake up? You know, oh, I went from being benched to waking up. I'm Baker Mayfield. Hi, everyone. I mean, Baker does this from time to time. You know, every time, every, every time we forget about it, every time his name's no longer talked about, hi, I'm here, you know, and it's like uh, – Okay, hi Baker, and then you know <laughs> Baker goes back to sleep, and and he goes to throwing picks. But maybe OBJ being out really is the answer that they needed. And the truth is, what what does that mean for their future? If they start winning games, they they have a good record right now. They have an easy schedule coming up. They have they have the Raiders, then they get Houston, and then Philly, and they have a bias and it's somewhere in between. I think between Vegas and Houston. So. That should be – they should have an easy schedule for Baker. I'm on the Baker train. They have a bye Raiders, bye, then Texans, Eagles, Jaguars. Yeah. That's a pretty easy stretch. They have the Titans and the Ravens, so that's pretty tough. But 
I'm on I'm on the Baker train. Get me on that Baker on train. Baker train. So, so here's the difficulty with this, right? Because for in terms of betting on the Browns this week, you don't know how the OBJ injury is going to translate, right? It can easily translate in a good way, like you're saying. A lot of people are suggesting that now Baker will be able to play his game. Now he'll be looking at all his reads. He won't just be relying on OBJ. So this will actually be uh, work to Baker's benefit. But that's a theory. We don't know for sure. I, I, there is there – is, credence to that I'm, we just don't know for sure if that's going to be the case so that's why this game betting for the browns raiders is a very interesting one is was one of my toughest ones to bet because we don't know how that's going to translate but all i know is that baker put up an incredible performance uh, throughout the stretch of the last week's game his last 20 did you know this his last 23 passes he only his only incompletion came on a spike so he really yeah, so he is virtually complete <laughs> he virtually completed all of his 23 passes, which is unbelievable. So we'll see what happens with Baker, and we'll get to those predictions a little later on in the podcast. Now, what about Kyler Murray, your man, Kyler Murray? I'll tell you what I think. I know you think I, we all know because we've been very vocal about this that Kyler Murray has cemented himself in the MVP race. We all know about this. The question is, do I think that? The answer is no. <laughs> okay. Now, I'll, I'll tell you what. I love Kyler Murray. I love Kyler Murray. Okay, he's a bad man. He's a bad man. Don't get me wrong. He's bad. I, I know he went head-to-head with Russell Wilson and came out victorious. And this was not one of Russell Wilson's best games. He made mistakes. He held the ball. He had to hold on to the ball for too long. Kyler Murray's victory this past week was not so much making incredible plays. It was more he didn't make the mistakes Russell Wilson did. And the Cardinals as a team did a great job against Russell Wilson, um, the, the defense. But I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it from this perspective. More of that, first of all, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers – are still two players you have to put way ahead of him for the MVP race. I know he beat Russell Wilson head-to-head, but you know that he's ranked 14th in quarterbacks uh, uh, um, in PFF. So his his rushing grade's unbelievable. He's been the best rushing quarterback in the league this year, um, No, even, and that's including Lamar Jackson. That's including Lamar Jackson, but his passing is still extremely inconsistent. He makes sophomore mistakes. I wouldn't – I if, if we had a sophomore of the year, he's by far sophomore of the year, but – MVP race? You're talking about guys like Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers went four weeks without a turnover-worthy throw, and then he went right back to it after his after his his uh, sluggish game against the Bucks. He went right back at it last week against the Texans, put up 35 points. And Russell Wilson also, okay, he had this one sh- shaky week, but and then Tom Brady. Look at what that guy's been been, been doing. He's been, he's, he has the most um, big time throws in the league. He's sixth in passing yards. It, it's unbelievable what Tom Brady's doing at his age. So. Uh, there's just too many players ahead of him. And Kyler Murray has looked extremely up and down. For a second-year man, he's looked unbelievable. But we're talking about the MVP race here. We're not talking about the sophomore race here. I can't. I can't with you, Rocky. That's that's tough to put my guy at 14. I don't know. I have to call PFF and let them know After they're making PFF, big mistakes. 14. I don't know. Um, no, but I'll say this. Uh, Russell Wilson is still MVP at this moment just because you got beat. And just because you beat the MVP, does, you know, not just because his defense didn't put up a big stop. They couldn't get anything, you know. And, and Russell Wilson still hung, hung in that game all the way to, to the end of overtime. And, and even with his team struggling, um, and he still, they, still, they still hung in there. So, um, yeah, Russell Wilson definitely didn't have his best performance. But you know what? Every time those two teams meet, for as long as Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson are there, you're gonna have a shootout. You're gonna have a great game every time. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's gonna be a division rivalry. This could be the new, you know, 
big rivalry in 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 the next upcoming ten years. Every year we're gonna have this on Sunday Night Football once a year, and probably a playoff game even with these teams, and it's gonna be amazing. It's gonna be exciting. It's possible. It's very possible. And then and then going on the MVP thing, yeah, I still have. Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers ahead of Kyler Murray at the moment. Still, and right now, right now I have you know, as you said, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Kyler Murray. Those are my three guys. I'm always gonna have Kyler Murray in the top three, and, and unless he does horrible. But I do think that every year Russell Wilson does this little slump that he just, you know, he just stops winning and then he just drops off, and and that's why he never wins MVP because he has those three four games where he just goes shit and you don't hear from him. So that's why I'm waiting for that slope where Kyler Murray is going to be much better and Aaron Rodgers will be better. And at the end of the day, it'll just come down to the three of them. And then Russ Wilson will kind of be sprinkled in again like he is every year. Okay, fair enough. We'll have to see how the MVP race shakes out. Um, okay, the last thing I wanted to get to, uh, big matchup this week, the 6-0 and Steelers going to Baltimore playing against the 5-1 and Baltimore Ravens, two of the best teams in the AFC, uh, two of the fiercest defenses in the league. Steelers feature a front seven that is unmatched, no doubt about it. They also feature a Ben Roethlisberger that's on a mission at 38 years old with all the injuries. He still wants to prove that he's legit. He still wants to prove people wrong. People say he's washed up. He wants to tell you he's not washed up, just like Tom Brady. Um, and and, and, and I'll, I'll be quite frank with you, Meisty. I'm going to be quite frank with you. All right, the disrespect that I've seen toward the Ravens-Steelers rivalry, I'm not going to bear it anymore. I'm not going to take it. I'm just not going to take it. Every time, every single time that you doubt these two teams, they come back. I know the Ravens missed the playoffs three straight years. I know, I, I know that Mason Rudolph played the entire year last year and looked terrible, and the Steelers didn't even have had a losing record. I know what happened. Don't worry. And I know the Steelers have their struggles throughout the years too. But every time you doubt these two teams, they come right back to the mountaintop. And who? And how many teams have won two Super Bowls in the last two decades? How many teams? You know how many teams? Like eight. There's four. Four teams have won two <laughs> Super Bowls in the last in the last decade. And two of those really? are in the AFC North. The Ravens are still. Yeah, think about it. It's the Patriots. At least two. I mean, when I say when I say two, I mean at least two. Patriots, Giants, Steelers, Ravens. You can think of any more. Any more? Eagles. Eagles won one. Are you saying multiple Super Bowls? Yeah, who's won multiple Super Bowls in the last two decades? The Ravens and the Steelers. Oh, have those Ravens, teams. Steelers. They total have. And the Patriots. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Well, multiple, multiple. And 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 who who's been ranked number one and two in defenses? If you average it out the most over the last two decades, probably no one more than the Ravens. Right. These teams always feature best defense in football. The Steelers and the Steelers and the Ravens both went through the stretches where they had some of the lower ranked defenses in football for a couple of years. But then they go right back to the mountaintop. Look what they've built with TJ Watt and Cameron Hayward. Look and, and you, look what they've built up there in the front seven. That might be the best single unit in football. So don't doubt the Steelers. And I know Ben Roethlisberger. I'm not a big fan of Ben Roethlisberger this year. I don't think he's moving the ball down the field. I think his average depth of target is extremely low. In terms of what it's been throughout his career, he's always been known for his arm, his athleticism. It's not the same, but that receiving core, and he's had incredible protection. And of course, the Ravens drafted Lamar Jackson, and nobody thought that would have panned out. And meanwhile, he's been the most impressive quarterback from that draft class, from that loaded draft class. So never doubt these GMs. I know John Harbaugh. Luckily, he, he was he was under fire. Three straight years they missed the playoffs. So you're going to tell me three straight years they missed the playoffs? Okay, fine. So this rivalry's gone. Steelers not making the playoffs. Ravens not missing the playoffs. Okay, every other year one of them stinks. But then look what happens this year. This is going to be the most compelling division um, battle 
for the first place coming down to the wire right now. Don't disrespect the Ravens Steelers. And the fact that they put the Eagles Cowboys Sunday night, I don't care if the rules that you can't flex it. They should flex it either way. Steelers, Ravens Sunday night. What are you putting that's a one in the morning? In LA, this is 10 o'clock in the morning. You kidding me? You having Ravens Steelers play at 10 o'clock in the morning? What disrespect? Unbelievable. I'm done. Drop the Thanksgiving is another Ravens Steelers game that is okay. going to be prime time. Please. That, no, because every play. year the Ravens Steelers have a one o'clock game and then have a, a, a Sunday night game. But I agree. Either way, I do want to say I, I see this stat here on my screen that I found that in the night in the early two thousand in the in the two thousands, the Steelers were thir- are thir- were thirteen and nine against the Ravens. In the two thousand tens, the Ravens were thirteen and nine against the Steelers. Yeah. Since since they've uh they are combined record in total since the Ravens have been there, it's twenty eight twenty four Steelers. The Steelers have a 3-1 advantage in the playoffs, but it is, like you said, one of the greatest, most physical rivals. And I won't say in sports because people outside of America will completely destroy us in that. Soccer. No, let's not get soccer involved. That's, I don't want those people. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So in the NFL, because I don't want to get, get Yankees and Red Sox upset. They're already <laughs> upset for not making the World Series. And, you know, and, and so – so let's just say in football, it is the bad. I don't want to hear it from the Packers, Bears. It's not as good. The Packers have been dominating the last 30 Give years. Break. <laughs> Get out of here. Get out of here. There's this nothing is the modern better. day Packers, Bears. This is the modern day Packers, Bears. Nothing better, Rocky, than the Eagles and the Cowboys. I have to say it. I'm just going to go out there on a. <laughs> <laughs> no, really? No, 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 no. no. I'm not. I, 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 it's I nothing. I hear such things. Um, it's the Ravens and the Steelers, and it's the and disgrace to the NFL. What's the, the great about the NFL. that? You mentioned thirteen and nine from 2000, 2010. Steelers were thirteen and nine, and from 2010, 2020, Ravens are thirteen and nine. So that means in the last twenty twenty now, here we 20, go, twenty one against each other. And how many of those games have ended in one score? I would, I would, I, if I were to bet, it'd be if out of those forty two games in the last twenty years, it has to be over half for sure. Probably over, probably over thirty of those. In one score, in three, in a field goal already, you can save maybe a dozen, at least a dozen. Okay, okay, I'll tell you right here. Let's do this. Uh, I don't want to see nineteen in the nineteen nineties because that, that was. That, I don't like that. Yeah, I, I'm pulling it up right now That's here. Advanced the analytics. Where are you getting this from, Mike? This is unbelievable. You don't want to know. Yeah. Okay, so here, here's really. Let's go. Let's go more recent. I, w- I would say the more recent uh, ones. So let's go through kinda. the scores over here. A uh, three point game. Seven point game. Wait. Here, 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 here. No, 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 no. Here, here's the 2010s when the Ravens were 13 and nine against them. Overtime, I mean, three point, one point win, four point win, three point. Win. Yeah, 35 I'm seven. Okay, I'm just saying there were blowouts. There are a few blowouts. There's a couple blowouts, but then another three point win, another three point win, another yeah. three point win, another seven point win, another three point win. I'm reading this straight off the thing. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'm just here. Yeah, it's very simple, and every game had. Look at the implications. It shows you Steelers are knocked out of the playoffs with the loss. You know, the Steelers, the Steelers win in Baltimore to prove to be Joe Flacco's final game as a Raven, as the you highest. get injured and eventually benched for rookie Lamar Jackson before being traded to Denver. Like the, the these are every game has an implication. No doubt. The highest stakes. I agree with you. Thank you for proving Christmas me. Day. One of them was a Christmas. I remember this. Do you remember the Christmas Day? I think it was. They, they, yeah, it was Christmas game. Day that it was. Oh, and the Steelers won, but game. what an unbelievable game. Yeah, every every single time these two teams meet, it's unbelievable. And the fact that they're not flexing it 
Unbelievable. I agree. Disrespect. Um, so we'll get to the betting lines. This is going to be hard with the bet for me, Meisty. I'm sorry, but we'll get to the betting lines soon. Uh, first, let's let's talk quickly about the fantasy players, the waiver wire. Week 8 waiver wire. Here we go, baby. Meisty, you get us started. Who's your first guy you got on your list? Uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to target. Um, I'm really liking Derek Carr. If you yeah, That's just the quarterback, I think, that just this week against the Browns, Awful defense. He can have an amazing game. We've seen quarterbacks throw for a lot of yards, a lot of touchdowns against the Browns. Um, Derek Carr is a great play. It, Nelson Aguilar is not just dropping balls anymore. So, um, And Henry Ruggs is playing great. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, I've also got a – look at his upcoming <laughs> schedule, Rocky. Upcoming <laughs> schedule. Cleveland, Cleveland, the Chargers, Denver, and then KC. Like, it, he's got an okay matchup coming up. When I want to laugh on the podcast, should I just get it out and have a laugh <laughs> podcast or should I hold it in? That's my question. <laughs> you, you, can, you can say whatever you want, Rocky. You can do whatever you want. I think I'm good. Um, no, Derek Carr. <laughs> Derek Carr is an option. Also, the Browns defense is ranked 18th in the league, so that's a good option for you. I agree. Yeah. Um, I have Zach Moss, the running back for the Bills. So, um, I mean, he's just been a better option than every single time recently. He played 47% of snaps last year. 90% of their goal line snaps in his first four games because he missed the first few games of the season. But the last four games, he's played 90% of the goal line snaps. Now, take that number to the bank, okay? 90% of goal line snaps, which is the most important number in fantasy. I don't care. Touchdowns to six points. That's what we care about. He's, first more, he's forced more missed tackles and averaged more yards than Devin Singletary. So he's on top of him in a few categories. I know Devin Singletary has been the hot move for much of the season, but I think people should start looking more towards Zach Moss. They've really been looking at him in the red zone. And he's been a little more heavily relied on than Singletary recently. So, um, and he had seven carries for 47 yards, 6.7 yards per carry last week. So I think Zach Moss um, is a good option. All right. I'm, I'm going to go with Carlos Hyde. Um, Chris Carson's injured for now. Um, midfoot sprain. I, I was listening to, well, I forgot her name. She's a doctor. She works with the NFL. And, um, I was listening on the radio, and she was she's a doctor fan, and she said that midfoot sprains are like the worst because it will show it on the picture on X-rays that everything's good, but the player can't feel it. Last year, Chris Carson was out for a big chunk of time. I think the the remainder of the season with a foot injury. Um, I don't know if it's the same foot. I don't. I didn't look into it. Um, but Carlos Hyde, um, he's going to get the majority in that backfield. He's 11% owned. So he's probably on the rise by now, but 11% owned. Okay. That's a good yeah. chance you can get that guy. Um, there's another guy. If you want to go crazy, by the way, it, instead of Carlos Hyde, if he's been picked up, because I'm assuming Carlos Hyde was picked up right away. Everyone tried to pick him up when they, if you watch the Chris Carson injury. DJ Dallas is a sneaky guy. He, got, he, he played on 14% of the snaps. That's interesting. When... When yeah, when when Chris Carson got injured, he played on fourteen. Travis Homer played nineteen, and the rest went all to Carlos Hyde. Um, but Travis Homer is not great, and DJ Dallas is good in the passing game. That might help. Um, so yeah, I mean, if, I assume most places Carlos Hyde's been picked up. So if you're looking for something and you're desperate, desperate this week, DJ Dallas is a great option. That's a good call. I'm gonna go. The NFC to the AFC back to the AFC. I'm going to go with Rashard Higgins. Um, I think this should be obvious to everyone at this point. I really do. This is a no brainer. 
OBJ's out for the year, torn ACL. Grab him. I mean, I've always been a fan of Rashad Higgins, even in fantasy, in real life for sure. But Hollywood Higgins, even in fa- even in, re- in in fantasy, OBJ is out for the year with a torn ACL. Higgins led the team in targets, receptions, and receiving yards last week in OBJ's absence. So, yes, I know Jarvis Landry is the number one option for Baker Mayfield, but who's going to be the downfield target? It's going to be Rashad Higgins. Jarvis Landry is primarily a possession receiver. He's not necessarily going to get the big chunk yards. He's still a great option in fantasy, but Rashad Higgins, if you're looking for a big play, if you're looking for a big play potential, I'm looking at Rashad Higgins. All right. Um, I'm going to go here with Wayne Gallman. I mean, Fonta Freeman got injured in, in week seven. I know they have an awful, awful offensive line in, 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 in New York. But once again, I mean, this is, I'm giving you a play that is when you're really desperate for a player. And, and you know, last week I was really desperate for players. Uh, I had two, everyone on by. I had Raheem Osirkat was out. Joe Mixon ruled out on Sunday. You know, I had to find someone. I ran, I don't even remember who I played. I ended up playing random guy that i found who did nothing <laughs> but you know it, it got me a few points and that's all i needed so um, what happened to Devontae freeman i don't know he got he had an ankle injury in week seven um oh. and i i think that he'll be back um i just think that there he's going to be on the rise so he's someone to have on your team i think that down the line if you need a player if you're desperate for someone he's he's going to get just a few carries like i'm talking real desperate um yeah. Yeah, you know, you know, Rocky. You know, I really like, by the way, that that people don't talk about a lot. The, the backup running backs for some of these guys, including like Zeke's backup, Tony Pollard, and and going back and getting Madison, um, and yeah. and Brian Hill, Todd Gurley. By the way, Todd Gurley. We have to talk. We have to do a whole podcast on Todd Gurley. Oh, the man yeah. has returned. The back. man has returned, and I've. I- I want to tell you I, I, about the backup running back. Before we get to Todd Gurley, I, I, I agree with you. I think it depends on the structure of the offense, meaning some offenses are geared more towards two back um, backfield, two running back backfields, and you know featuring both running backs in the offense. Obviously, you look at a team like I mentioned, right, the last team I, I just mentioned, like the Buffalo Bills. So they'll feature Devon, Devin Singletary, and they'll feature Zach Moss, right? And they'll heavily rely on both. So they could both be solid options. Remember, you had the famous one with Kamara and Ingram. We see that you could – you can uh, incorporate two running backs, and they can both be very effective in different ways. Um, but they can both be very effective. So, yeah, I agree. Backup running backs in certain offenses have a lot of value. I want to go back on something you said, by the way. Um, you talked about Cleveland's Rashard Higgins, and someone pointed something out to me today. Um, Baker Mayfield, when he first came to the Browns, he was the backup quarterback to Tyra Taylor. And he would play on the second team in practice. And on that second team back then was Rashard Higgins. So mm. he was practicing with Rashard Higgins. And just proving your point even more that Rashard Higgins might be their next guy. The guy that he constantly is feeding comfortably. Mm-hmm. And Rashard Higgins caught, I think it was six or six. And I, I don't know. I don't remember exact numbers. But, like, there, there's real, you know, there's real potential between those two players. Yeah. That's a great point as well. I didn't even know that. That's a very good point. Yes, I didn't know that too. Some point I was like, oh my gosh. I wanted to stick with the New York Giants and the last player I Go had. Go for it. Uh, Sterling Shepard. It's been around for quite some time. But uh, listen, Giants are going to be playing from behind. That's the bottom line. They're, 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 they're not a very good football team. They go up against nope. me football teams and they're going to be down by 10, 20 points. And they're going to be a very pass-heavy team. They've already been a pass-heavy team. 
And Daniel Jones is going to rely on reliable receivers like Sterling Shepard, especially without Saquon Barkley. He's the one that has the experience. He's the one that catches the ball when the ball's thrown in his direction. That's more than you can say for a lot of the Giants players. Last week, he was targeted eight times, and he caught the ball six times, 59 yards and a touchdown. So that's a good fantasy outing, and I think he's going to prove to us. Listen, I'm, 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 I don't think he's an every-week starter. I think depending on the matchup, he could be a, a plug-and-play if you need him. But I think he's probably available in a good percentage of leagues um listen him and golden tate are the are the guys there so like as so far so long they don't have to be a good team so long as they continue to play from behind and daniel jones is going to pass the ball a lot the more targets the more yards it's the bottom line i agree and staying on the giants well not really but scotty miller is playing the giants this week mm. and chris godwin expected to miss week eight uh antonio brown can't play yet uh so last week Scotty Miller had six catches, 110, yeah, 109 yards and a touchdown. One of the an amazing catch um, yeah. on nine targets. He was six for nine. So um, he he's playing better than Godwin has been. I mean, it's not enough of a scale to really say much. Godwin's been around. I'm not putting Godwin down here. Um, but Scotty Miller is definitely going to step up and maybe even play better than Godwin has been playing this year. And he could be Tom Brady's new guy. Um, you know, you know, Tom Brady loves that guy. And once he hooks up with one guy, it's over. Everyone else becomes a piece, becomes pawns. And, and he found his Julian Edelman. He has Gronk. Gronk's a big play again. I've been saying Gronk, by the way, for the last like three weeks. To lot to like. I did not. Then I stopped. No, but then I stopped saying it. Then I stopped saying Gronk. And oh, here's Gronk. Um, but. And Mike Evans is clearly not himself. Brady, so that's clear. You're right. Brady likes to spread the ball around. So even if they have options, they have Mike Evans, they have Chris Godwin, they have uh, Gronkowski, and you know they're still going to spread the ball around. So he can still use his third option, Scotty Miller, who, like you said, Evans hasn't been the same. So you're going to see Scotty Miller go into that role. I still think Godwin's the best receiver on that team, but I, I also think that Scotty Miller will certainly have a big role in the offense, especially with Tom Brady playing at the level that he is, number one in passing touchdowns in the league, um, which is a good – stat for fantasy right he throws a lot of touchdowns yeah. that means scotty miller could be the recipient of those so great call i i see i see scotty miller getting at least seven eight targets and and maybe more i mean tom brady like i said tom brady if, if, if scotty miller is catching the ball the first five throws to him brady's just going to do this to him constant boom 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 and he's just talking he's going to check it down to him he's going to hit him on the deep he's going to hit him over the middle he loves that guy until he gets injured, Scotty Miller will get injured like Julian Edelman, but um, not hopefully not. No, I wish call. him the best. Scotty Miller's a guy. So, who, do you have? Yeah, so, I'm I'm out of players. You got anyone else? Um, let me see if I have any crazy people. To run anyone with. else that stands out to you? And then we'll... yes, I I yes, Dallas Scotter. I think I said him last week, possibly, but Dallas once again, Scott. he's a, yes, yeah, sure. he's coming off the IR, so uh, it should be this week or next week again. And Carson Wentz playing good, and he has no receivers. So it's just simple. Well, that's why I like Fulgham. I mentioned him last week. But, yeah, got right. it. Well, 100%. Um, okay, fine. So should we take a break? Let's do it. Okay, so let's take a little break. We'll be right back with the betting lines. Um, you're listening to the Rocky and Micey Show. Welcome back to the Rocky and Micey Show after a short break. Rolling with the betting lines, we're composed ourselves. Um, we're back to normal, so let's get right 
let's r- dive right into it with Thursday night football. Falcons at Panthers. Panthers by two and a half. I got, I'm going to tell you straight up, I got the Panthers. I got the Panthers. Since McCaffrey went down, I was not a believer of the Panthers heading into the year. Since McCaffrey went down, this Panther, the Panthers offense is the sixth most efficient in the league, which is an incredible number. They've had a winning record in that span. I'm going with the Panthers to be the depleted Falcons team that had a, suffered the hands of a, a terrible loss and are one and six. I'm going with the Panthers. Yeah, I'm going to go with you. Pan- <laughs> what, what number did you have? You said two and a half. Easy yeah, one. I'm going to go with two and a half. Yeah, I'm... by field goal, it's an easy one for me. Yeah, that's that's a simple one for the Panthers. But the Falcons could could have a really good game. But I'll take the that's Panthers why. here. That's why the line's two and a half because you never know. But uh, yeah, yeah. Pats at Bills. Bills by three and a half. So the Patriots, obviously, we discussed a lot of concerns surrounding them because a lot of concerns surrounding the Bills as well. I mean, they they only beat the Jets by one score last week. The Jets actually covered their first game of the week the year last week. You know that? Where I they, heard that. Bills were favored. And you predicted that. Good call, Misty. But anyway, the Bills have been struggling the last few weeks. They started the season 4-0, and now they're 5-2. and But the last three weeks, they lost two games, and then they won by one score to the Jets. So it's a little concerning, but... I think they rebound against a struggling Patriots team. I'm gonna agree. Oh, you know what? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Patriots to cover. Plus, I think it's gonna be like a three or two point game. Okay, and we were discussing this last week, Mike that that half a point makes a big difference because that's essentially banking on the team winning by a touchdown. Because if right. it's a three point game, you can rely on the field goal. You might get a, um, you might get break even. But if it's a three and a half point game. Most games either end in a three point result or a seven point result. So, um, yeah, it's true. The Bills to win by a touchdown after their struggles is is not something easy to rely on. I just think the Patriots' struggles are going to continue because I don't think they have a very good team, and I don't think I, don't, I didn't believe in Cam Newton from the beginning. I know he started off the season very well, but we we've, we've talked about that. Titans at Bengals. Titans are favored by six. So if they win by a touchdown, they cover this line. What do you think, Mike? The Titans. Um, tough one, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm gonna have to take the Titans to cover this one. This, I mean, this is tough. I, I really like the Bengals. I love Joe Burrow, but Titans to cover. You actually predicted the Bengals to beat the Browns. You were very close. You were ve- you had some calls last week, Mike. I gotta say, but it's in the end, line, and I think this line might break even too. Like it might be a six or seven point game, but I'm gonna have to agree with you. I'm gonna go with the the favored Titans. Raiders at Browns. Speaking of the Browns. Get me on the Baker train. That's so. Are you on the Baker train or not? The Browns are favorite. I'm on the Baker train, baby. Take me all the way, Baker, Baker, Baker. They're gonna cover this spread. Oh yeah, Browns are gonna cover this one. Browns. I'm going with the Raiders. I gotta be honest with you. Listen, Baker, Baker, (laughs) Baker, Baker. Um, is 27th in the league. He's going up against the 27th pass rush in the league in the Raiders. That's not. That's not convincing for Las Vegas. However, the Vegas Raiders have known to be to, to participate in shootouts. Put up forty points on the Kansas City Chiefs a few weeks ago, so they uh, Baker's going to have to perform just as well as he did last week against the Bengals. He's going up against a little better of a defense than the Raiders, not great, but a little better of a defense. And he's going up against a veteran quarterback in Derek Carr that and a much better offense. I think it's going to be tough sledding for the Browns. I think they uh, two and a half is too small, and I'm going with the Raiders. Colts at yeah, Colts at Lions. Uh, we were going back and forth on this one, Mike, and I still haven't come to a conclusion, but I'm going to have to. 
So you think you think that the Lions are going to reign victorious? Well, I know I'm going to take them to cover three. I'm going to hope that it's just a field goal and I end up tying. Um, but uh, this is as tough as it comes. I mean, like you said, Colts have a good defense. Lions can be exciting sometimes, and I feel like when the Lions get going, they just went, they just go. So. And I'm not saying that last week and it's going to be any momentum. That they are the worst team when it comes to momentum. They could they could win a game, fifty to nothing, and the next game have zero momentum going in. I was like, about to say yeah. they. So yeah, they just came off a great win against Atlanta. Doesn't mean anything to that team. They're all like, eh. I don't know. I don't know what it is about that. I don't know if that's a coaching issue. Um, I don't know if that's a, just a player personnel. It's just type of people they are, but. Um, so if they can get going again in this game, then they can just roll with that and now help them win. They'll help them cover at least. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. The Lions are a week-to-week team. You, you don't know what you're going to get from them just because, you know, that Stafford to Galladay hookup has been great recently, and especially last week. Stafford looked great with a minute left driving down the field. But, yeah, they're going up against a tough defense this week. I don't trust the Lions. And for a field goal, like you said, I'll just hope I'm going to pick the Colts, and I'm going to hope that the Colts at least win by three so that it'll break even. Vikings at Packers. Who you got? Packers by six and a half. What do you think, Bicey? I've never seen such a hard week in my life. This is such disaster. This one, I mean, this one, to me, is easy because it's six and a half. If it was seven, I'm not easy. Nothing's no betting lines are easy. I I can't. I can never say easy because my betting skills are atrocious. Okay, <laughs> of the uh, of our betting season, I'm 10, 17, and one. So I'm seven games under five five. So, <laughs> that's not bad for a betting. I'm telling I, you, that's not so I'm bad. I don't, I don't have so much confidence in myself, but I have to make educated guesses. And I would think that the Packers are going to beat the Vikings by a touchdown. No, uh, I'm going to go. I agree with you. I mean, I'm going to have to say that the Packers cover. You know, by the way, talk going back to fantasy. I mean, the Packers defense could. The reason, I mean, this game could be a high-scoring game. But the Packers' defense could get a couple sacks, touchdowns. Literally, they, their defense could get touchdowns, the pick sixes, interceptions. True. Um, True. I want to I point something out here, though, because last week you also were critical of the Packers were only favored by three and a half against Texans, and I'm like, this line is way too low. And I want to say something. I think Vegas doesn't like Rodgers, straight up. They don't believe that Rodgers is back. Rodgers is on a revenge story. <laughs> they don't. I mean – Revenge tour. He's on a revenge tour. I know that he put up a dud against the Bucks, but look at the five other games he played. The first four games of the season, he was the best quarterback in football, and I think he's going to be in the square in the MVP race till the end of the season. And I, I, why does Vegas not believe they're going to give him a six and a half line? I'm not saying it's low, but that just means they have to win by a touchdown against the low Vikings team. So come on. And then last week, three and a half against the Texans, with one of the worst defenses in football. I don't know, man. I think I, I don't. I don't think Vegas likes Rodgers. What do you think? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's hard for me to say that a computer, a bunch of computers don't like a person, you know. Um, <laughs> but, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I think that last week was just, was another, you know, every time I think Aaron Rodgers looks at the line and he's like, that's disrespectful. Let me go on and destroy it. Every week he does it, though. This week he's like, oh, six and a half, it should be like 30. And he goes out and he'll, he'll make sure he wins by 30. <laughs> 100%. So, so I'm going to take Aaron Rodgers to cover here again on the Packers. Speaking of a uh, big line, Jets at Chiefs. So that we had we sp- spoke about this last week. Chiefs were favored by 22, but now it went down to 19 and a half, which tells me I'm going all in on the Chiefs. They'll win by 20. 
Jets, 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 Jets. Jets are covering 19 and a half points. It's too big. It's it's one of those Vegas, Vegas stupidity. It doesn't happen. It's such a big margin of points. Um, it's gonna end up being a 20-point game, and I'm just gonna laugh. Um, but yeah, come on. When the Chiefs struggle, as they did last, even when Mahomes struggles, as he did last week, they still beat the Broncos without thinking. Okay, hold on. That was all his defense. Mahomes struggles. Okay, that, that's my point. So Mahomes doesn't yeah. pick up another aspect. The of defense the does. Correct. That's correct. The, opposite. the Jets, even when they play their best game, as they did last week, they still won. They still only put up ten points and lost to the Bills, a struggling Bills team, mind you. So come right. on. No, that's I mean, why I'm thinking. You, you, if you want to pick on something great, if you want to win a lot of money betting. Pick the Jets to win. A hundred dollars will get you twelve hundred dollars. Ooh, they're po- ooh, wow. Yeah, I, I'm. I think I'm gonna have to take that. That's something I can't buy. I mean, that's almost a guarantee. That's easy money. You get six hundred. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I'll go Chiefs. You go Jets. Listen, I I don't know who's gonna win the game. Jets could lose by nineteen and still be a, a blowout. But I'll go. I'll take my bets on the Chiefs, and you'll take your bets on the Jets. Rams at Dolphins. Rams are favored by three and a half. Two is making his debut. So uh, this is an interesting line, Mike. Who do you think is going to come out on top? Hmm. Uh, I think that Rams eat him alive. Give him his rookie welcome. Aaron Donald, he has no clue what he's about to find out what's about that. He's going he's to get eaten up by the, by the Rams. They're just going to attack him. Their secondary is not great, but they're going to attack him. He he doesn't know yet not to throw it to Jalen Ramsey's side of the field yet. He doesn't know. He doesn't know you can't. It, you know, Payne Manning always used to say when he used to play certain players, he just just don't throw it there. Just don't throw it there. And and then he throws it there. So that's always Payne Manning's line. I used to say he used to say to himself, "Don't throw it there. Don't throw. I throw it there." <laughs> and, and you know, and and so it's the same thing. Two is gonna get eaten up. I have the Rams covering this. Easy, easy. He's gonna learn. He's gonna learn the hard way. And I yeah. agree. Donald is red hot. Ten pressures. Ten quarterback pressures on Monday night against Nick Foles. Man, he was eating him alive. And uh, that's good. there's going to be no exception against Tua making his first day. I wish Tua luck. I think he'll have a good career. But I'm having the Rams covering as well. Steelers at Ravens, the most intriguing matchup of the week. Ravens are favored by three and a half. I'm going to have to pick the Steelers just because I have to pick the underdog in this game because it, start, it gives me points. In the it's beginning back up of the- to four. It's back it's up back to up- four. They four just moved, I just looked. They just moved it back up to four. So let's, let's do the four. Either, either way, I'm taking the Steelers. That's even better for me because I'm taking the Steelers. Again, yeah. we're starting even, so I'm starting with points. And in a game like this, I'll start with points. And a lot, like we discussed, how many of these games result in a field goal difference? So that means that the Steelers recover. I'm taking the Steelers easily. I'm going to go with the Ravens to cover. I hate I hate doing that. I, I really like, like agree with you. It's going to be a three-point game. It's just going to be. Um, yeah. But I think that you're going to see, listen, it, it's very, I think that's very possible that very quickly, um, very quickly, Lamar Jackson gets ahead and then him and, you know, and then they just start throwing it down their throats and, and just beat them. It's very possible this can be one of those classic blowouts and the Steelers just haven't been that good this whole time. And I don't see it coming. I don't see it coming. Oh, the, the Steelers feature a very blitz-heavy package, and Lamar, I don't think Lamar is going to struggle per se against this package because he's a very athletic player, obviously, but the offensive line might struggle, and he might not have a lot of time to throw. That's why I'm nervous for him. Yeah, I mean, they might have to rely a lot on their run game, even though that rush defense for the Steelers is so good, but they might have to rely on, you know, 
if Mark Ingham doesn't play, they'll have to rely on Gus Edwards and 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 Lamar Jackson to. I mean, Lamar Jackson's gonna have to use his feet to win. There's no question. He's going yeah. to have to have designed run plays, and not to TJ JJ whatever his name, the Watt brother. TJ Watt, yeah. TJ whatever his name is. Don't run to that side. Run the other way, Lamar. Run that way. (laughs) Chargers at Broncos. So we have the Chargers favored by three. And I I trust Justin Herbert. I said last week I didn't. So I'm going to trust him this week. It's all comes down to he'll win by field goal. Chargers by three. So this is actually an interesting game. It could go either way. But I'm going to go with the Chargers to cover as well. But the Broncos, man, they can randomly wake. They can ran Drew Locke and Randy Bag. Oh, today's the day I'm going to have a great game. Yeah, and there was it, they actually put up a fight in the first quarter against the Chiefs. It was only a four point game before Drew Locke. Drew, six, six. The score should have been 24 14 at some point. I mean, there should have been, there are two touchdowns that, that he threw picks in the red zone. He had two red zone interceptions. Yeah. That pick the other six day. That swung the momentum of the whole game. They were down. That, sure, that was done. That that ended it. That was the the the, the seal. That broke. That was the breaker. But but before that, he right. If he throws, if he can score in there, and he can score in the last pick he threw, that's two more touchdowns. And the Broncos have a great and and Mahomes was struggling. Mahomes was yeah. really struggling out there. I mean, it was don't get me wrong. It was wet. It was snowy. And it was a it's once again division game. So yeah, he was struggling though. Yeah, I agree. Saints at Bears. Saints favored by four. So the Bears are a team that won by 14 to a Rams team. Nick Foles has been looking really bad. Drew Brees has been looking really good. One plus I think we'll bring Mitch Trubisky back. Could we get Mitch Trubisky back on the field? Where's Bob? Let me call Bob. I got to call Bob. Oh, give me the Saints. Give me a break. Give me the Saints. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Saints by four? Who are you picking? Saints by four. Just like you. 49ers at Seahawks. Seahawks should have left against the Cardinals, of course. Um, and, uh, you know, almost had that game in the bag several times in overtime at the end of regulation, but they, they didn't get, they didn't pull off the victory. And the 49ers, one of the most impressive games of the season last week. And uh, so the 49ers are on the upheaval, and the Seahawks are sort of on the downfall, I guess, even though they won the first five games of the season. But it's a field goal, so I'll give the Seahawks a field goal. I'll, I'll pick the Seahawks by three and hope they just they break even. This game, the over under for this game is so high. Whoa! Hold on, let me see that. Here. Hold on a second. Is that fifty? No, fifty-four. No, I'm talking about the over under. The, the over under is for. Let's say I just saw it. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna go Seahawks to cover this one. Um, even though it could be a very close game, but I'm gonna have them cover. Cowboys at Eagles. We'll start with you, my C. So the Eagles are favored by seven and a half, which is a big mark for a bad team. What do you think? They should be favored by like 13, 14, for real. This yeah, game's gonna be a, this game's game's gonna be an utter blow. I don't even think I'm gonna I'm, I don't even think I'm watching this game. This is gonna be an utter blowout of the most it's gonna be eight the score is gonna be like ten nothing final score or ten three. You know, like ten three final score and the and the line's not covered. But um it, it, it's going to be a disaster. They struggled against the Giants last week. They barely pulled out that victory. And the Giants, I know the Cowboys are defense is worse than the Giants, but how much worse? That's the question. They are the worst team in football. Cowboys, <laughs> the Cowboys are going to be soon in the bottom of my rankings under the Jets. 
As soon as the Jets get their first win against the Chiefs this week, then the Cowboys will be at 32 and the Jets will be up above them. The, the Cowboys' defense is atrocious and their offense is just not going anywhere. They went into they went to Washington last week to kick a field goal. That's it. They went they flew from Dallas to Washington D.C. just to kick a field goal and went back home. <laughs> it's not going to be much easier in 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 Philly where the fans are there. The the fans will be loud, rowdy, and even though they're not many fans, there's going to be fans and they're, they're just, and Carson Wentz is playing great. They're going to have it's going to be a steamroll. He looked like one of the worst quarterbacks in football through the first three weeks of the season. But we've seen a resurrection from Carson Wentz. We really have. And um, listen, he's been – actually, I think according to PFF, he's been the eighth best quarterback in the last four games. That's something to look out for. Look, I always say this. Look at the stretch of the last four games. Or I think it was five games, okay? The last five games. Tied against the Bengals, then they won. And then they lost against the Steelers and Ravens in very close games. Wentz put up impressive performances against two of the best defenses in football, and they won. So they're two, two, and one in the last five games. Two losses against the Ravens and Steelers came by let by single digits. Pretty impressive. I'm going with the Eagles also. So let's go Bucks at Giants. Bucks by ten and a half. Bucks are Bucks are taking the league by storm right now. I mean, Tom Brady's put himself in the MVP discussion, but I don't know if I could pull the trigger on a ten and a half line, even even at the Giants. I don't know. I I I might be going with the Giants just because I think maybe the Bucks will win by ten, not ten and a half. Ten, ten and a half points. They can't give us anything nicer. Like that's like the score will be ten and a half points. Literally I know. ten point five because it's the Giants. Somehow against the Giants, the Buccaneers will score half a point. Yeah, because Tom Brady's kryptonite. <laughs> Tom Brady's Giants are Tom Brady's I kryptonite. I know. I'm gonna agree with you. I'm gonna take the Giants on this one to cover ten and a half points. I'm not gonna gain any ground on you, Misty, because we agreed on almost all these games. <laughs> Yeah, this is Last one of those weeks. This is one of those weeks that that you could just are, are just so it, it you just have to flow with the you know and just go with it with the conventional picks. It's true. Okay, so let's get ready for week seven tomorrow night. Kicking off with the Panthers Falcons, very exciting game. Oh my gosh, Panthers Falcons prime time games this week. I gotta say, unbelievable. Panthers Falcons, Eagles Cowboys, Bucks at Giants. We got three NFC East teams in there, and two teams that don't have and 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 the other games, two teams don't have a that don't have a winning record that have a losing record. Oh, out of these six teams playing in the prime time games this week, the Bucks are the only competent football team. <laughs> Maybe with possibly. that in mind, with, with that right. in mind, we hope you enjoy the one o'clock and four twenty-five slates <laughs> in week eight. Yeah, I mean the Ray Raven Steelers is uh week is that one o'clock slate, and that's uh it's gonna be an enjoyable one there. Um, I do want to say though, we're almost coming up to November, and and Mister November and Mister December, Derek Henry, um, in, in, in for especially for fantasy purposes. If you can trade for him, I'd give up anything for that guy right now. This is the time where Derrick Henry goes, dun, da, 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 I'm here, I'm the king, give me okay. my crown back, I'm going to rush for 200 yards every game, I'm going to take my team to the playoffs, this division is ours again, let's go in no playoff games. I like it. I like it. All right, let's go. We'll see you again next week. Remember to subscribe. Titans uh, and Browns, the- baby. Titans and Browns. Remember I said it now. Titans and Browns. Hey. <laughs> Browns are gonna make the playoffs this year. They're fine. <laughs> well, they, they there's that seventh seed. They're gonna get that seventh seed. They're yeah, just going to. Playoffs. Yeah.
Remember to subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Remember to um, to follow us, Twitter. We've been getting a lot of activity on the Twitter account. Please reach out to us. You can text us, 810-996-162, WhatsApp us. We're always available for you. You could um, reach out to us in several different ways. Check back at the website. We're going to have tons of content there throughout the week. In the meantime, we'll see you next week. Thank you.